0: all right so i'm going to continue on with what we've been talking about uh and it's specifically because i i I personally believe the the lord spoke to my heart and said it's time to move forward and um and 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 uh i believe that was for more than just me but for people individuals for churches for this nation to be honest anyone who grabs a hold of it you know when god speaks Someone says, "Was that for me?" Well, you know, if your faith connects with it and you grab with it, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, rem- I remember, you know, ministers I've seen who operated in the healing ministry. I remember one, he would, you know, maybe like they would be in a big meeting and, and he'd have a like they had a, a, a wheelchair section and there were loads of people there. I remember he had a word from the Lord for and said, "Look, there's someone here, yeah, you know, God, you know, you know, wants to heal you. Walk out of the wheelchair." And then he said this, he says, well, you know, you might be sitting here thinking, well, is that for me? He says, hey, if you want to grab it, the word of the Lord, you can grab it. Yeah. God's not a respecter of persons. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you grab a hold of that and say, so well, I'll take that too. If God's going to speak yeah. that to, to yeah. someone, you know, yeah. um, you can take it too. But, but I do believe it's time to move forward and, and it's, it's time to break the stalemates. And uh, so we're looking at some things, especially about how. Now, I, <clears throat> I don't quite know how today, how tonight's going to come out. Because uh, this morning one, I didn't even go remotely in the direction I'd planned. So we might go that way or we might actually do what I planned. We'll see. So, um, but it's been the similar general direction. Um, But one of the things that if we're going to move forward, we've got to, we've got to once and for all, get ourselves operating in higher ways uh, and functioning in higher ways. Now, most most of us here have know the word to some degree so it's not a matter of necessarily new truths but it's always good to hear the truths we've heard before i find sometimes the truths that i've known for years feed me the most by listening to them again and they stir me and sometimes i go back and i stir myself back on some foundational basic truths because it it, it helps you you stick on them so it's it's not about new things but i want to stir some things that most of us should know and it'll feed your faith anyway. It'll feed, feed your spirit as we as we do it. But, um, you know, uh, first of all, in fact, let's go to 2 Corinthians 10. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. Which most of us can probably quote, but we'll, it's good to look at. If you're going to move forward... Uh, You know, God's given us examples of people who broke stalemates and then broke out of situations they were stuck in. Mm -hmm. The woman with the issue of blood, we talked about her last week. She broke out of that situation she was stuck in. Well, what what did it? What caused her to break out of that situation? (laughs) Well, desperation was there, but there's a lot of desperation, people. Determination we talked about last Mm -hmm. week. But ultimately, what did Jesus credit? Jesus said your faith, your faith. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, determination is a characteristic of faith but you can be determined and yet not have faith. A lot of determined people on the earth who've got no faith whatsoever. So although determination is a characteristic of faith and it's an important one, there's got to be more to it. Uh, what, are the, what are the qualities that are going to get some, someone through? Well, they're not just natural qualities. Okay, Determination, you can have natural determination. Anyone ever known someone who's determined who doesn't even know God? Yeah. You can have natural yeah, determination. Yeah. Okay. But but we've got to realize there's certain there's certain spiritual tools, spiritual resources that we're going to tap into. That woman didn't break that stalemate. She tried every natural means possible to her. She went to doctor after doctor after doctor. She tried all the natural possibilities and got nowhere until finally she tapped into and she knew Jesus, the anointed, the Messiah, and she but but, but, but her faith came into contact. Okay. So, so a factor changed. And we said this last time or the week before, I think. That, that with, with the woman with the issue of blood, with David and Goliath, in order to break the stalemates, something had to change. There had to be a change because doing things the way they had been doing them wasn't going to get the results. The woman with the issue of blood wasn't yet getting the results until a factor changed. And that factor was she heard about Jesus and she rose up in faith to come and do something about that. Yeah. With David and Goliath, there was a change of factor in that the, David wasn't present initially and they were in stalemate. The change was the arrival of a person in faith. David was a man of faith, a man who knew his God, but he had confidence in his God. so that was the change in factor. but in both instances there we see that faith broke broke the stalemate you know and actually this is important. I believe God's given us these examples because they are important. Um, another stalemate that I haven't yet um, referred to, uh in this um teaching is the children of Israel in the wilderness they were uh, and and uh, one of the books that I've written it's only available as ebook and as an ebook I spend a lot of time talking about how they got stuck in the wilderness Mm -hmm. and why they got stuck and 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 you know let me just take a quick side journey here to cover this because actually really important people say can you have a can you have a miracle without faith and there's controversy over this. I mean, you know, some, some Christians say, you, you know, you, you know it, 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 will, will God, does God move in people's lives? Put it this way. Let me even let me look at it even more broadly. Does God move in the life of somebody who's in unbelief? Can God move? Yes. Okay. Well, we've got it. We, we, have an, we have an example of some of the greatest miracles recorded in scripture happen for an, a nation in unbelief israel in the wilderness okay coming out of egypt moses the red sea i mean how many from a natural perspective anyone know any greater miracles from our perspective i know i mean god god would see things differently to how we do but we're we're in awe of the size of things but moses pretty spectacular if you were to look if you were to think in scripture in terms of power and magnitude and the miraculous who are the most impressive in the old testament you'd probably say elijah and moses those are the two you mentioned yeah um two two i would mention but so moses this moses uh god raised him up but his entire ministry was a, was with a nation of people in unbelief and no matter what he did god manifested split the red sea i mean all the plagues in egypt and I, they wake, and I've described this before, and I've talked about the miraculous, but they woke up every morning, manor on the ground for 40 years. That is a 40-year sustained miracle. I mean, we're impre- we'd are we be pretty impressed if we had manor on the ground for one morning. Okay, 40 mornings. They, they could wake up in the morning, look out the tent, and see the manifest glory of God in the physical natural realm in the form of a cloud and fire okay it was day it was a cloud night it was fire so they had the manifest glory of God and the glory cloud visible with them I mean you can't their leader didn't just go up to the mountain and hope he was in the presence of God he literally the the the, the, the mountain shook and 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 thundered. Remember, because of God's presence, and Moses came down, his face shining, literally visibly shining. He was, didn't just have a big smile on his face; his skin glowed mm. with the glory of God. He'd been touched by the glory. I mean, some of the most spectacular miracles in Scripture. Mm. Now, let me ask you this: Were the children of Israel blessed or cursed? Blessed. Blessed. Remember, Balak tried to curse them. Mm. Remember Balak and Balaam? Mm-hmm. He Balak hired Balaam, I think that's the way it was, Balaam the prophet to curse them. And he said, I can't curse you. God is blessed. Mm-hmm. They were blessed because God had blessed Abraham. They were the seed of Abraham. That seed came down. You know, was so so you know, could we say, oh, there were, there were generational curses on them? No, there was a generational blessing if you want to refer to it. That, that blessing got passed down. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right the way through, Joseph right the way through. Okay. Uh, they had one of the most anointed ministers of God. Can you imagine a pastor like Moses? Yeah. I mean, okay, he had a bit of a temper. We might have some issues then, some people skills issues, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, some pretty spectacular stuff. Okay. Where's Pastor Moses? Well, you know, there he is. You know, look for the shiny guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Turn the lights off. There he is. You can see him the one glowing. Okay. <laughs> right. Yet, now he has the big butt with all of that you know what moses couldn't do with that people he couldn't get them out the wilderness isn't that amazing he couldn't get them out the wilderness why but you might say well what's the difference between flattening the walls of jericho as a miracle and splitting the Red Sea. What's the difference between splitting the Red Sea and splitting the Jordan? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the interesting point. Do you know that God will take you so far mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and let you be in unbelief, let you doubt, let you resist his work? And, and not you personally, mm-hmm. but, you know, he'll take you so far. But here's the important thing. Did they get miracles in the wilderness? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know that. Every one of those miracles, as spectacular as they were, when the dust settled, they were still in the wilderness. I I realized this when I was studying the children of Israel in in that period of time. I realized this. There's two different types of miracles. Mm -hmm. There are miracles that get you through, and there are miracles that take you forward. Mm -hmm. There are miracles that will get you through the crisis, but tomorrow, you've got another crisis. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of miracles most Christians experience. They live from miracle to miracle. Mm-hmm. Okay? Those are the kind that God just does for a person despite the person. Mm-hmm. The person will doubt, cry, moan, up, and then go to, go to someone and say, pray for me. And they get a miracle. And you sit there and think, how'd they get there? They don't even believe God. That's mm-hmm. the wonderful God we've got. Yeah? Mm-hmm. But you know what? The other thing on the flip side of that is there are certain lines you can't cross in that condition. Mm-hmm. There are certain miracles you won't get. God will get you a sustaining miracle that will get you through. But when the dust settles, you're in just as much lack tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The miracle doesn't advance you. It gets you through the current crisis. Mm-hmm. That's a wilderness miracle but you know what a promised land miracle is a forward moving miracle with each miracle you take new ground there's the difference those are the, that's the difference between the kind of miracle someone will get in unbelief and the kind of miracle someone will get in when they're in faith and they're trusting god see joshua's generation was an advancing generation now, this, theory, this series is about, it's time to move forward. Mm. Now, there are a lot of people that'll excuse away, well, we don't need faith, and you don't want to hear about faith. And they'll look and say, well, you know, Jesus healed people, and down do Jesus healed people, and you know, Jesus in the Bibles. And they want to cling to certain things. But you see, we have to realize, this is what I began to realize about that, that wilderness and the way God described it to me. God got them some of the most spectacular miracles in the Bible, but at the end of it all, they were still in the wilderness. No matter how big the miracle is, when the dust settles, the, is, the wilderness, is the wilderness the most exciting place? Now, Actually, everybody goes through the wilderness to some degree, because the wilderness is a place you learn trust. There's a learn, it, the, the, do you know the primary purpose of the wilderness? It's, it's laid out in Deuteronomy 8. The primary purpose of the wilderness was to, to train them dependence upon the word of God. It's where you've got that phrase, Jesus used it when he was in the wilderness. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus quoted that verse. And it, 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 the quote was taken from Deuteronomy 28. And it was talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness. And amazing, he used it in the wilderness during his time. The difference is the children of Israel stayed there 40 years. Jesus stayed there 40 days. Yeah. That's the difference. Why? Why? Because the purpose of the wilderness was to train into them dependence upon the word and a, a reliance upon the word. When God had spoken it, what was, God, what was God trying to train into this people? A people who would say, well, God, God, got us through the last thing. He'll do it again. No matter what problems in front of us. He, he, he was wanting them to start to begin to change the way they responded to what he said. But ultimately they got to they got to the verge of the promised land and they just wouldn't take what God said would they now you know and I say this I don't want to go too much into to certain issues but but I will just repeat this this part of it they reached a point where there was no more forward motion in their current condition and I I personally but I'm, I'm I'm gonna I will say this in terms of the move of God. I know there's a lot of people praying for revival, the move of God. And I've been saying this for a couple of years. I've been saying there's going to be something different about this revival, this move of God, whatever you want to call it, awakening, revival, move of God. People all have their different terms and say, trying to find what they all mean. But I personally believe The end time, whatever, move of God before the return of Jesus is going to be different to every other revival that's ever been in history. Because I think many revivals have been God pouring out his spirit on people despite the people. And He's the reason he's trained us in the word is he is now looking for a people that he will move with in cooperation with. See the difference? Mm -hmm. That is a land taking people that is a people who know how to how to use the word don't reject the word they walk walk with the word but with the children of israel there was still a generation that no matter how much god could try to train them they rejected they rejected they rejected the word And we're seeing that in the church these days. There's still people who just reject the word and they just say, well, no, it's got nothing to do with the word. No, we don't want that faith stuff. No, we don't want authority. No, we don't want grace. No, we don't want anything. We just want God to do it all. The sovereignty of God God will just move in revival. And the children of Israel got a shock. Do you you know what happened when they stood at the verge of the promised land? They did not expect to get sent backwards. You know what they fully expected? They expected that what had happened every single time they had moaned would happen again. They, they, there was no difference in their response. They did exactly what they had done with every crisis before then. The crisis would arrive, they would moan, complain, they'd have a big cry in their tent, (coughs) wake up the next morning, or Moses would get upset, but then they'd wake up the next morning and gods would say, fine, we'll take you in anyway. And so, you know what happened? They got to the promised land. They did exactly what they always did. There was no change. They had a moan. They had a cry. They had a complaint. Oh, you can't do it. The giants, the giants, the giants. And they all went to their beds moaning and crying. And you know what happened the next morning? They all got up and lined up for battle because they thought, look, it's all going to happen like it happened previously because we could just respond however. And they got a big shock. God said, ain't going forward this time. And this is a big, important lesson for the church right now. Because God is saying, I want a word-based people who will walk in cooperation with me and who will know how to walk in the word, who will know how to walk in authority, who will know how to take my word. He has been training a generation like this for decades because it's what he's wanting now to happen. The end time revival is not just going to be God moving despite us. It's going to be God moving with us. Okay. And if we want to advance, it's time to go forward. If we want to advance, we're going to come to the place where we begin to respond to the word of the Lord and begin to say it's time to get in get working in my life the different things he's imparted in there. Mm-hmm. Get them working. Yeah. Okay? Now <laughs> let, let's read here in, in one in, in 2 Corinthians 10. And let me just make sure I've rounded up everything I said about the, the wilderness there. That that one line. There are some lines. Can you get a miracle while, while in doubt and unbelief? Yes. Mm-hmm. But there's some lines you cannot cross yeah. until you, to, you step into doing it the way God wants us to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the important point to realize. Yeah. Okay. Um, for Second uh, uh, Corinthians ten, for though we walk in the flesh, okay. we second corinthians 10 verse 3 and 4 yeah. familiar verses for most but i just want to point out a couple of things and then put this in our in our mound as i as i talk about some things for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh that that's relatively self-explanatory isn't it yeah. Yeah. in other words do we rely on the natural do we rely on my ability? And and, and, and when, when the enemy comes, what is he trying to say? He says, he says, we're not, we're not just as believers. We're not just restricted to limited to the natural to get me through when there's lack, when there's sickness. It's not just about whether medical science has figured out how to heal us. We've got access to some some other resources, don't we? Okay. And this is what he's saying. We walk in the flesh. But we, don't, we, we don't face our battles just in the flesh. Now, let me pause there for a moment because I talked about Joshua. Mm-hmm. Joshua's generation was a forward-moving generation, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. How did he fight those battles? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, you know, a new creature in Christ Jesus, the righteousness of God. He wasn't, you know... <laughs> he, he, took, he took authority over his thought life and presented a positive outlook towards mm-hmm. the ten spies Yeah. his arms. yeah. And that's all the way back before they even went into land, wasn't it? But when Joshua took over as leader 40 years later, similar principles. What did God say to Joshua? To mm-hmm. this one, okay? Just... Now, this is a man, he doesn't know Jesus. I mean, you know, he's got faith in a coming Messiah, I believe. Yeah. He doesn't have, he's not made the righteous. He doesn't know all the things we know. He's a, he's, he's not, he's not a new creature in Christ. Jesus, this is a man dealing with natural life. He's going into natural battles, a very real natural battle, not just like, hey, I'm having a battle today. (laughs) For him, a battle meant you might not live till the end of the day because a guy could stick a sword in you. Yeah. (laughs) so These are very real, very serious battles. And in fact, against cities that nobody had been able to conquer. He's he's going against Jericho. That had stood against army after army after army. It was literally a a fortress that nobody could penetrate. So, so, and and not only that Joshua's just taken over from Moses, which I always, I mean, I've said it before, but I always, I'm not the first one to have said it. But you've got to really think, how do you fill Moses' shoes? This isn't just the next prime minister or the next king. This is literally taking over from Moses is the one time in history. You don't want to be the next guy. <laughs> okay. Because they're going to look at you and say, hey, we just did Moses. What do you got? Right. So he's he's really dealing with all of this about, and, and I, I believe Josh, Joshua was a confident guy, but, but can you think, I'm sure on the inside of him, he's thinking, man, how am I going to do this? I'm going to take over from Moses. Not only that, I've got to take them where Moses didn't take them. He topped that act. What did God point him to? Did God say, here, I'm going to give you military strategy. Go read, what's it called? The Art of War by, what's his name? I don't even know. (laughs) Did God, you know, Marching around a city is not exactly a, a, a battle strategy you'll find in, in battles, in, in battle manuals and screaming and shouting at the walls. But, but actually, even before that, what did God say to Joshua? Yeah. Get in the word. Now, this isn't, this isn't someone just facing a difficult day. This is a guy literally fighting a very real battle. Now, you might look at that. And, I mean, if you were naturally minded, You would have to look at God and say, God, what exactly is reading a book about sacrifices? Because that's what they had at the time, the law of Moses. Well, you know, that's all the word they had. What exactly is that going to help me win a battle? with? How's that going to help me beat a battle? And actually, it's down to the fact that God was starting to train his people in the power of his word. He was showing Joshua, my word in your life has the power to do these things. Yeah. Now, Joshua didn't understand everything we knew right now, but God knew if I can start to get him in my word, this is the same word that created the universe. This is the same word that spoke, let there be light. And it contains the same power for us that it contains when God released it. And we know promises now that Joshua didn't know. We know Psalm 1, which says similar, it talks about, you know, blessed is the man that says, who meditates in my word day and night. You see, people read the Bible wrong. They read the Bible wrong. We we read it with our natural head. Yes. People read, for example, Joshua, they read Joshua one eight, which says where well, God said to Joshua, meditate in the word day and night, you know, and they think, oh, you know, I'm going to meditate in the word day and night, because if I don't, God's going to be upset with me. See, that's reading the word wrong. Yeah. And and oh, i got to do it. And, and, oh, I must do it. And, you know, I, and, and what happens when I do do it? Well, God's going to pat me on the back. Oh, good boy. Good boy. You read my book. <laughs> See that? That's what people think. They think I'm trying to impress God by reading the word. That's not what those verses say. Mm-hmm. Says this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Why does God give Joshua his word? Is it so that Josh he can pat Joshua in the back and say, "What a good Jew you are!" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, but he tells Joshua in the verse. Mm-hmm. 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 Meditate in the word day and night that you may observe to do for then you will make your way for, for is this is the reason for then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. Now, God had not yet had the time to train Joshua about the power of his word, but he's telling Joshua to meditate in the word, not to impress God, but because he's showing Joshua what it's going to do in his life. This is how amazing God is. See, the enemy He's trying to get us into thinking, oh, I've got to read my Bible because God will give me three little stars on my badge chart in heaven if I read my Bible because I'm a good little Christian. And you get all, we, you're thinking about it wrong. Yeah. He, he gives us his word because he wants the power of his word working in our lives. And he then shows us how that power works. What releases it? Word saturation. Build it onto the inside of me. Am I doing that? to impress god am i doing it to 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 be made righteous now i'm righteous in christ already but does that mean i don't need to meditate on the word well the question is when you get a revelation of what god said meditating in his word will do then you do it out of faith you begin to hunger to meditate in the word day and night because you recognize the power this releases in your word yeah. in, in your life. Sorry. You don't think I'm doing this because, Oh God, tell me I'm going to meditate in the word day and night. i can going to be a good little Christian. And you know, and in eternity he'll say, how many times did you read my book? God wants the power of his word working in our lives and he knows how it works. So why Proverbs four Proverbs four verse 20 to 22, 20 to 23, 22. But he says, my son, give attention to my words. Now, is he saying that because he wants you to be a good little boy and girl? See, people think wrong. They think I'm reading my Bible to impress God. He gave you the power of his word because he wants the benefits of the power of his word working in your life, but he shows you how they work. You're trying to impress him. He says, meditate in my word day and night. Do not let it depart from your, your your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Four. Four. When you read my Bible, I'll give you three stars. No, 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 he doesn't say that. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. He wants you to get a revelation of why it's good for you and beneficial. What is the word going to release into your life? It's going to release that life, that power, that health. To be like Christ, to work like Christ, to speak like Christ. Yeah. And Psalm 1 is the same thing. Psalm 1 says, you know, it says, you know, blessed is a man who does not. Sitting in the seat of the scornful and then it goes, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night yeah. so that God can be impressed with him. And God shall say, what's a good little boy and girl. No, no, it doesn't say that. Yeah. What does it say? Meditate in the word day and night. And then it talks about, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Yeah. What is it saying? This is the power of what his word will release into your life. Yeah. Yeah. See, when you, when you get a hold of what the word will do, you're hungry to get in it because you'll say, I want what it does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then it doesn't become an obligation. Mm-hmm. You recognize I'm hungry for this. This is what I do. God, God gave me his word because he's actually hungry to benefit my life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the power, he wants the power of his word released in my life. Yes. Yeah. scripture yeah Yeah. it's 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 breathed by God it's got his power in it and it carries the same power in my life today that it carries the day he spoke it Mm -hmm. in fact Isaiah 55 Isaiah 55 talks about um uh, for my ways are not your ways Mm -hmm. nor are my thoughts your thoughts he says for as the heavens are higher this is, why, this is why I said operating in higher ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Well, we, how are you going to know his ways? Some people are, oh, you can never know the ways. What does he say in the very next verse? He then says, for as the rain comes down from heaven. Now listen to what he's saying. He's using an example. And waters the earth. And he says, and does not return there, but but I like to say it this way, but forces the earth into production. Yes. The rain has the power to make the earth produce when it falls on the ground. Yes. Then he says this, so shall my word be. Yes. So right after talking about his higher ways, he talks about his word. Yes. And then he uses the illustration of the power of the rain. I mean, I'm sure you've all seen, you know, nature programs yeah. where they, uh, you know, uh, they have, like. I mean, in this country, I was always amu- amused when I m- lived here, and you don't have rain for three weeks, and they talk about drought.
1: <laughs> Do, is
0: it like an in, in, in Africa, a drought is where you don't have rain for seven years, yeah, not three weeks. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a, I'm sure you guys know what drought is, it, you know. In, but the, 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 <laughs> you guys think of droughts is when the reservoir drops three inches in water. Oh No. no. H- have you ever seen those nature programs where you've got those massive rivers in Africa yeah. that are normally got ships going down them and the river's dry. It's no. gone. There's no water. Yeah. There hadn't been water there for three years. India's had a pond too. Yeah. Yeah. That's drought, okay? Just to let you know. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know if you've ever seen any of those shows, and they show how the, the dry season, yes. and you see all the animals dying and in the wilderness, and it's dry, and they got these little animals, like, oh, water, water, and everything's dry. and There's not a single thing growing, and it's dead dry ground. You, I mean, you—you really—I mean, it's as dry as dry can get, and they show the cracked earth where the yeah. water used yeah. to be. Have you ever seen these nature shows? Yes. And then suddenly, the rainy season comes, mm-hmm. and what—and and what starts happening? It starts to rain. Yes. Now, isn't this amazing? What factor changed? You introduced rain into the dry ground, and suddenly life starts to spring up everywhere yeah. Yeah. suddenly the seeds that would were, be- were deep deepen that dry ground suddenly start to spread have you ever seen the speed those sh- nature shows yeah. up yeah. and suddenly yeah. you got the little animals yeah. running around suddenly where there was not a single animal inside suddenly you got all the little babies running around and you got the- and they go and they show the thunder and the lightning and the rain falling and then suddenly the rivers are flowing and then have you seen, ever seen the drunk monkeys yes. <laughs> They're eating all the fermented fruit that's fallen on the ground there and they're eating the fermented fruit and they're sitting on the tree like this. You know, they're drunk and they're falling out the trees. and Yeah, and they've seen the drunk elephants, okay. But you know, what happened? They call it the dry season and the rainy season. What factor changed that released life into an environment where absolutely nothing would produce? Water. And that's the illustration he gives us. He says, as the rain comes down from heaven... Then he says, so shall my word be. Now, you see, what is he trying to do? He's trying to to build into you a revelation of the power of his word and what it will do in your life. Mm -hmm. So that it will drive you into, I want to meditate in his word. I want to saturate in the word. Not I have to. And you do it out of faith. It becomes a response. I'm doing it because I believe what he said his word will do in my life. Now, I'm not just doing it because the preacher told me to do it. See, a lot of people are doing it. Well, my preacher told me, I'm going to, my pastor told me I'm going to read my Bible. So I'm going to be a good little boy and read my Bible every day. But you know, well, And then they get nothing out of it. Because no, no. they're not reading it out of a revelation of the power of what it'll do. Yeah. And then they get tired of reading and say, well, that was very dry. Yeah. <laughs> and then there comes the conclusion, well, no, you don't really need to do that to be a good Christian. And then they throw the word out. Yeah. Do you want to know who wants to talk you out of building the word into your life? Be careful, you know, when someone says, oh, you know, you can be, when people preach and say, oh, you know, don't worry about the Bible. You can still be a good Christian. You have to read your Bible. Be careful of preaching like that because it's contrary to what God said. Now, God, it's not about, like I said, it's not about impressing God, but God wants a people where the power of his word is released and working in our lives. And that's going to be a generation that moves forward. That's going to be a generation. This is why he has spent decades teaching the church, building the increase of his word in the church. Now, we, some have rejected it, some have believed it, but the enemy the enemy has spent a lot of time trying to talk the church out of the word. Oh, you don't need the word. All you got to do is pray. Well, actually, it's, oh, but you know, you know, the, the power of prayer. I believe in the power of prayer, but but is all praying praying powerful? Because yeah, yeah. if prayer by itself is powerful, then surely the Muslims and the Hindus and the and all their prayers are powerful too. No, it's only Christian praise that are powerful. What is it that makes prayer powerful? Mm -hmm. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you'll ask what you will. See, the devil is not threatened by Christians who pray lots, but pray out of unbelief. Mm -hmm. Not threatened by that. James told us the effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You might say, well, we're all righteous. Yes, but what happens when when someone who's righteous doesn't know they're righteous and they pray as if they're unrighteous and they pray guilt-ridden condemning prayers and and, and they weigh down because they don't know they're the righteousness of God. They pray like an unrighteous person. Is their prayer going to be powerful and effective? So the word has got to transform the way a person prays and that releases the power of prayer the enemy is quite happy telling the church oh, don't worry about the word just pray mm-hmm. do everything he can to get the word out of christian and out of churches it's the one thing he opposes more than anything else it's the one thing didn't just give him a black eye the word made flesh was his defeat yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. he has never been able to defeat the word of god and he never will yeah. and god put the word into our lives and God shows us the power of his word. So when, when when he says the weapons of our warfare, sorry, sorry, we only read the first verse there and then I got when, when, when rambling on. He says, we do not war according to the flesh. Then he says, verse four, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal means fleshly, but they are mighty in God. What are the weapons of our warfare? The first weapon is the word of God. It's the in fact, it's the only weapon that's mentioned in the armor of God. The rest is all defensive, but the, it's the sword of the spirit. I mean, the rest are all your helmet that's defensive, your shield that's defensive, the goth, the feet. Well, you know, that, that'll at least defend you against running over thorns or something, you know. But everything's defensive there, but the one weapon is is the sword. And it even tells you which is the word of God. Okay. The the primary weapon of our warfare. In fact, uh, I was looking up some of these words just because I've never really thought about the actual words. I've always just taken the phrase for what it says, but I thought, oh, look it up. But it says the weapons, the word weapons there can be translated tools. Now, it works with the word weapon because of the context. He's talking about we do not war according to the flesh. But you could say the tools. Well, a a soldier's weapon is a tool tool. Tools are what is a tool? A tool is something that enables you to get the job done. That's what tools are. Okay. electricians, plumbers, they all have tools. Mechanics. I don't know about you. I've dealt with broken down cars, never been that good at them. Anyone, anyone here, you, you know nothing about cars, and yet every time your car breaks down, you pop the hood and you look in as if you're going to be able to see what the engine... i, can't, can't pop, the I I'll pop the hood up and I'm like, oh, I can't see anything wrong, let's keep driving. Because I don't know what's going on there. But I can tell you this. There's some of those screws. Have you ever, have you ever tried to undo a screw? That's incredibly tight, and you try to undo it with your hand. Yes, some of those cars, those nuts and bolts in the car engine, they got rust, they got grime, they got grum. You are not getting them out without a tool. Mm-hmm. I don't try and unscrew them, in case. Okay. <laughs> I've tried good. to sit there. i oh, like, oh man, I can't get this. You try to do it with your hand, and then you you try to you get the wrong tool because you don't have the right tool. It doesn't get it done right properly. But you get the right tool, so the tools enable you to get stuff done. Yeah. So the weapons or the tools of our warfare, it says, are not carnal, fleshly, but they are mighty in God. I looked up the word mighty and it, it means this. It means able or possible. It means able to do something or have the power to do something. The, the tools, the weapons of our warfare have the ability and the power to do They're mighty, but they have the power to do something in God. I was just, in, I was curious about this one as well. Cause I kept going on. I don't want to go into the strongholds and all this, but I'm, I'm grabbing the, the start phrase for the pulling down of strongholds. I looked up the word pulling down because everyone always think, Oh, the high places pulling down. I said, like, I, I just want to know about this word, what it's all about. And it means for the extinction of strongholds. Like it. it means the destruction and the extinction of those strongholds. It's like, yeah, I'll take that one. It means had that thing, the enemy, the enemy has worked years building up. My word, you use the right tool against it. That thing's extinct, it's gone. It's destroyed. <laughs> okay but anyway the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they're not fleshly you can try this on the flesh or you can get a revelation of the power of the tools god has given you learn how to use them and release that power into in, into situations and lives and if you're going to move forward you've got to know how to use the primary one which is the word of god we all know that's what jesus confronted the devil with now if jesus I don't want to go into all of the son of God, son of man, and how we operate on the earth, the anointing, but, but you know, but Jesus, the sinless son of God, son of man operating on this earth, walking in the power of the anointing. If he needed the word when confronting the the, the enemy, what makes us think we don't, I mean, if anybody could have done it without, without it is written could have been Jesus. Yeah, the enemy will do everything he can to 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 he'll, he'll do everything he can to convince you the word's not working. How many of you have had Christians? Well, I tried the word of God and you know it's not doing what it's doing. You have to become absolutely convinced to an unshakable point that God's word works and it doesn't matter. Whether I have tried to work it a thousand times and I fell flat on my face, I'm doing it a thousand and one because it works. The problem is not that the word isn't working. The problem is I'm still learning to work it. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. 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 In every other area of life, we get back up and try again. Yeah. You learn to ride a bike, you don't blame the bike when you fall off well okay you might do an you stupid bike kick it on the floor but you know at the end of the day you realize you're the one learning to ride the bike the bike is not the problem <laughs> okay we got people that have backed off the word because they think the word's their problem just because they haven't learned to ride the bike yet what happens if you fall off the bike what well, if you if you want to learn how to how to work it you get back on I mean, I bet you, you know, I mean, I've played computer games and stuff like this. And I've, in fact, I've got a, a couple on my phone. I just do when I've got a few minutes. I'm only passing some time. And, you know, some of those games, they're like racing games. And I lose the race. I throw my phone across the room and say, you stupid phone, you don't work. I can't tell you, sometimes I play the same race over and over and over because I'm like, I am determined to beat my score and I'm determined to win this race, (laughs) okay? We do it with computer games. We do it with bicycles. When it comes to the word, someone falls off three times, they throw it and say, I'm "I'm never reading that again. You know why? Because the enemy is not desperately working hard at telling you to stop playing that game. He's not trying to, oh, you'll never win that game, but he is working hard to convince you the word won't work. Yeah. He wants us to quit on that one. You're going to come to the point where you said God's word will do exactly what he said it'll do. I am absolutely convinced that there is life and healing in the word. I am absolutely convinced that as my life is saturated in the word, it will turn my life into a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now I could spend the next 20 years toiling in the natural Weapons, we do not war according to the flesh. I could war according to the flesh. I could sorrow and toil and strive and push and try to turn my life into a tree planted by the river. I know people have tried that for decades. And by the end of their life, they retire. Their their life ain't much more, more like a tree like the river because they tried to do it in the natural. Because sure. I don't have time for the word. My word, when you realize the revelation and the power of the word and what it'll do and how much it'll take you forward, it'll take you places you can't get in the natural. Mm. It'll do things in your health, in your body, in, your, in your, your job, in your work situation, in your family, that you can't do in the natural. You could try to do it in the natural, but we could say, I'm going to get the power of this wording because I am absolutely convinced that it'll do what God said it'll do. I'm convinced it'll turn my life into a tree planted by the rivers of water. I am convinced that it will do in my life. It'll be like, a, like that rain that goes into my life and just begins to force production in areas that have been dry. Dry, barren areas of my life that have not been producing. They've been in stalemate. They've been dry. They haven't been advancing. As I just put the word into that area, it'll be like the rain that'll fall on that and it'll begin, life will begin to spring up in areas. Is it because I'm doing it? It's the power of the word doing it in my life. Yeah. And you begin to become convinced that your that the weapon or tool that he's given you will do what it's gonna do. And now motivated to drive in by faith to 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 grab a hold of what he what, what he's told me it'll do in my life. But the enemy will sit on your shoulder, he'll do everything he can to convince you to let go of it. Because the enemy is terrified of the power of the word he is terrified of a believer who walks in the power of the word and he is absolutely terrified of churches that know the word and walk in it he will oppose this more than anything else he will he does everything he can to try to shut it down to get us thinking to get us believing differently to what god says the battle, someone and we know this, the battles here. Yeah, and he said, Oh, it's not gonna work. Oh, you God's not listening, are oh, you praying? I mean, all the things, a lot of it's designed. What what does the one thing, the very first act that the, that the enemy, the devil, did against a human being? Challenge God's word was to convince them out of God's word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That should give us a clue. The book of Genesis, it shows this is how this is a pattern of how things go. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. So we've got to realize the first weapon, the first tool of our, 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 our that's in our hands is the word, and the power of the word. This is why God said to Joshua: Joshua, his responsibility, the commission, the call on his life, was to advance that entire generation forward. And God said, "You ain't advancing without the word. You get in the word. The word will give you the power to do it." You, the word will begin to do that in your life you want to win against an army Joshua let me show you get the power of the word working in your life and not even a natural army will stand in front of your way in front of you because actually any Christian any believer who gets the power of the word working in their life the miraculous they will step into a place where, where, where the power of God and the miraculous power of God works on levels that most people have never comprehended because the, the word has the power to do that it's not me that's doing, it. it's not you that's doing it. It's the word working in our lives. Mm-hmm. So you see, let's stop here in a minute, but it's about hunger. It's about a revelation of what the word will do. And then you begin to think, my word, I, I, I'm not just reading my Bible and getting the Bible out of an obligation. I am I believe, I believe in the power of this. I believe in what this is doing. I'm going to meditate in this, not because someone's telling me to, not because Owen told me to, not because I'm told i got to read my Bible and be a good little Christian not out of law and obligation, but out of a revelation of the power of this. When you do it out of revelation, you'll it'll drive you into it and hunger for it. Mm-hmm. And every time you read your Bible, you'll say the power of this is working in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's doing what he said it's going to do. Amen. Mm-hmm. So I could talk more about the word, but I'm kind of probably about out of time. But I wanted to stir you most of us, from what I understand, most of us have some encounter with the word. But you know what the enemy He's even in this country and in other countries, he's trying to pull churches off the word of God. He is not threatened by churches that, that do not preach the word. He's not threatened by churches that preach man ideas, tradition. He's not threatened remotely by it at all. He's no danger to his kingdom. And he's opposed the word of God in this country and churches. Every time God has mar- tried to move his word into this nation, every attack has come against those churches, try to shut them down, mm-hmm. get them stopped. Mm-hmm. We, many of us have seen it, but we ain't not happening again because mm-hmm. God has said his word will prev- prevail in this nation. His word will pr- prevail in other nations, in America, and all the other nations as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that stirs you up a bit, begins yeah. to, yeah, you know, and and I'm uh, uh, just finished on this meditating on the word, you know, people people say what, well, how do you meditate on the word? Well, you know, I mean, I I'm, I, I th- I'm sure lots of people have different ways of doing it, but God used this word meditate, and the first thing is, I had someone say the other day said, well, I don't like the word meditate because it sounds like some Eastern religion. Well, first of all, it, God used it, yeah. but he did what, it, meditate on yeah that's the key god doesn't just say meditate mm. and and full stop mm. he says meditate on the word there's the difference he doesn't say close you know sit in some weird position and blank your mind out and go mum mum um, like that's not biblical meditation he doesn't tell you to do that okay that, that that that's a war, perverted form of meditating on the word. But meditate has two two basic meanings in scripture. It means to ponder, and it means to mutter. Now, not mutters as in you know some chants and things like that. Muttering is. Have you ever? You know, how many of you ever had a child and you you tell them off, and as they walk away, they mutter under their breath. Yeah. What are they muttering? Is something you kind of do under your breath. It's very soft. No one can hear it. And you go, "What did you say? Why didn't you just mutter? <laughs> okay. In other words, it's not, you're not always doing it at the top of your head. Muttering means you're just talking it softly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 you're getting it in your mind. So, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot recently about what exactly is meditating on the word. And, and Christians have heard about, we must meditate on the word. And some of them think, well, what, what that means is you take a scripture and you just repeat it 700 times in your mind. <clears throat> I don't know about you. I've tried that. And I thought, I mean, I'm like, well, it doesn't do a lot. I mean, yes, it does, but but you memorize the scripture. But I'm like, it doesn't seem to release power. Okay, I've I've me personally, I've learned, I've discovered the way to meditate on the word is to take the principles that that scripture reveals yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and begin to teach yourself. Begin I mean, say, for example, what I've just done. You can do this with this teaching that I've just done. You can say. You can meditate on the on Psalm 1 and begin to meditate. And this is how you do it. You say, Father, and you can do it as a prayer or you can talk, talk yourself into it. You can say, I believe that God's word will cause my life to be like a tree planted by the rivers. I believe in the power of the word to do that. And I know that's true. And I, I know the word will do in my life. And you're doing this quietly to yourself. Talk yourself into it. I do this sometimes. The people around me don't even know I'm talking softly. You know, I've heard ministers say that other, some of the ministers that are, that I follow after, how how they would sometimes realize the guy was talking quietly to himself. Maybe they were praying, but 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 actually they realize, You know what happens when you begin to you meditate on the principles that a verse reveals. In a sense, you almost teach yourself on an ongoing basis and you, you might just do it mentally but sometimes you might just do it quietly under your breath you can do it sitting on a chair quietly but you can also do it while you're doing about other things i, I do this while i'm driving i'm driving up to manchester in, in the churches up there sometimes i'm just quietly meditating on the word isn't driving and I, I will talk myself into the principles of the word yeah. and i'll remind myself and i talk to myself about the truths of the word. But you know what I've discovered when you do this, faith begins to explode on the inside of you. And you mind yourself, this is what will happen. When I take the word of God, the word of God will do for me what it did for Joshua. The word of God will do for me what God said it'll do. There's power in His word, and as I take that word, it'll turn my life. it like rain falling in my on on my life that'll turn the dry barren ground and will cause production. It'll cause the 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 the, the, the areas of my life to produce, and, and 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 as I meditate on His word, it's going to do exactly what God said it's going to do. See that that right there. That that's how I meditate on the word. I just repeat the scripture. I, 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 I remind myself of the pr- truths and the principles, mm-hmm. and I talk myself into them very quietly and softly. But I find this: as I do that, it transforms the way you think, and it stirs something inside of your spirit. It, it has an effect when you do. I found that does it more than just trying to memorize a scripture and repeat it six hundred times. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now that i said that very quickly about how to do that, but. The, the first part of what I said is really what I wanted to drive home today is the power of the word of God. That's the first weapon to advance. That's the first one. We, the, 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 and we got, you got to grab a hold of that, say nothing, no one, no, I will never draw back from the word of God and the truth of the word of God. No one will ever convince me to dra- draw back from the truth of the word of God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the power of it working in my life to maximum level because it'll do for me exactly what God said it'll do for me. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to shut up. Otherwise I could preach for another hour. So I hope that stirred you up. <laughs> Should we just uh, also just close in prayer? I'm going to stop the recording here.